2: And, uh, look, last year we had Victor wimby to talk about. Evan and I, we were obsessed about it. And uh, we were talking about Scoot Henderson and all these other guys, uh, probably before anybody else was talking about it. You know what? The Pistons are really bad. And you know Mm -hmm. what? The Pistons may end up with that number one overall pick again. Have your fingers crossed. The worst they can do is top five. I think they're a pretty good bet to be the worst team in the league. So we're going to talk about this year's draft prospects. But the one thing about it, Evan, there is no Victor Wimbiamba this year. There's no obvious first overall pick.
3: At all. Like, not even close. You look at all these mocks, and believe it or not, there's not a lot of college players that are in the top ten either, Pat.
2: Well, I know you were uh, uh, very impressed by Jacoby Walter uh, when he played against Michigan State. He's one of the guys that's considered. And he just got blown off the court by a bunch of Michigan State players who, for the most part, have stunk this year. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't think he's going to go uh, necessarily at one. I, to me, there's a separation. I do think there's an obvious number one pick. And to me, it's Alex Sa. Uh, that would be very hard to pass on considering who's following him. And uh, he's a, a, a French a uh, basketball player who plays in Australia in their big league. Uh, he's seven foot one, uh, and he's got a lot of bounce. He gets off the floor really quickly, highly, and he's a good rim protector. He also, even though he's shooting under thirty percent from three point range, has a wonderful stroke. So he can spot up for threes, and he can play inside. He's got a pretty good inside game. Uh, he's kind of thin now, but you can see where the muscle is going to come from. And uh, I think that he is somebody that could end up being uh, the best of this class. Uh, now, the Pistons, it depends on what they think of Jalen Duran, if uh, they were to take Sarr. Uh, but this kid's got more offensive skill at a younger age than what Duran has. I mean, he can spot up and hit threes. Now, he's not going to be like uh, Ana Takupo or somebody else where he's going to be at the point and then he's going to take the ball to the basket with all these – you know, crazy moves, but uh, uh, he seems to be the top one. now. A lot of people look at Isaiah Collier because he came out of the gate quickly, uh, a kid from USC. But if you're looking here lately and following it, he hasn't been nearly as good lately. Uh, so he's often been put at number one, but I, I don't even know if he's going to go in the top five, actually. Uh, but uh, in of the college players, uh, you got uh, Cody Williams from Colorado. He's just a good player all around. Good athlete, does things. It certainly doesn't look like Anthony Edwards or, you know, some of these other number one picks that have gone in recent years and, you know, turned out to be great players. He could be, but it depends on how he's going to match up at the next level. He does have uh, some size and uh, he can, he can shoot a little bit and he's athletic. Uh, He he could be pretty good. Uh, i mentioned Jacoby Walter. He, you know, He's, he's had some big games for Baylor, uh, and he is an outstanding athlete. But, uh, you know, I mean, I, maybe it's just because of uh, regional pre- prejudice. Seeing him against Michigan State, you would have never known he was even out there. I mean, he, you know, he got a lot of notoriety from the announcers, but he didn't yeah. exactly deliver uh, during the game. Uh, actually, the best players, I think, are foreign players this year, which provides a great unknown. Uh, I would put on my list uh, the number two player. I have number one, Sar. I do think, to me, he looks like he's the obvious. Now, he backs up on the team that he plays for. I don't know. I think he's going like 12 and 8 per game. Uh, but he is the one with the most upside, I think, except for this player that isn't talked about enough. Oh, by the way, Saar did play against the uh, – uh, this is what got a lot of notice. notice. He played against the G League uh, uh, Ignite team with all the you know younger players are yeah. really good. And he went for like twenty six and nine, and looked like a man among boys uh, playing against the elite players from his own age. And I think a uh, good group.
3: comp for him, Pat, is Jaron Jackson. Think of Jaron Jackson's ball game, like especially when he was at Michigan State before he got to the NBA. Just watching videos on YouTube, that's what he really reminds me of a lot.
2: Yeah, but, uh, yeah, he's he's got an upside to him. Yeah. And, you know, Jackson obviously is better uh, as a pro than he was in college because he was hardly it's... there. And he got those big 15 minutes against Syracuse, which I know Evan was really happy about. But we're not going to remember him. that, Pat. Don't remember yeah. that at all. Got to remember uh, what was that guy, Carter with the bad knee? And oh, yeah, Ben Carter. Right yep, yep, yep. 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 Running along. Right. And, and Izzo said, well, all you got to do is just hit from the free throw line. And then Jim Bayheim, after the game, gets up there and he goes, oh. Well, we've run that defense for 30 years. do you know what the shooting percentage is from the free throw line? against yeah, our defense is 28%, which is better than what Ben Carter did against his former team, Syracuse. Didn't want to remind you of that. Oh. But I, I don't mean to regret. The player that I really like is a sleeper. And I'll get into the European guys. This is a uh, guy's playing for that uh, G League team. Uh, is Ron Holland, 6'8. Uh, explosive athlete big he can score in bunches you know he uh, I've watched him a couple times where all of a sudden man he just takes over a game and starts scoring now he lacks some consistency Uh, obviously there's some work to do maybe some questions about him defensively but he is somebody that I think is going to come into the league and score the ball and he's got the tools to be a good defensive player if he's in the right system and everything goes right, six, eight, extraordinarily athletic, uh, can light up the, you know, uh, the Nets and scoreboard really, really quickly. So to me, I got him number two on my list, believe it or not. Uh, so I would go number one with Alex Sarr, number two with Ron Holland. That's who I think ultimately they're going to like him a lot. And, uh, for third on the list, uh, there's a player that, uh, Zachariah, uh, Rhys uh, Ache, Shea, uh, who is a, uh, a player playing uh, in the uh, French League. He is an uh, extremely good shooter, all right? Uh, if you leave him open, he will hit the shot. Uh, he's a, a wing, about 6'9", some people say 6'10", some people say 6'8". They'll find out uh, before it gets in there. But he's limited defensively with his lateral movement. He's not uh, an explosive athlete, but he's an extraordinary shooter. And his potential is a very high. Uh, and another player you're going to hear a lot about when it comes down to draft time that maybe you haven't heard about is Nikola uh, Topic, uh, who is a Serbian uh, player, plays in the Serbian league, and he is uh, somebody that's 6'6". And he's shooting 47% from three-point range. So of all these players here, he's the most consistent and best three-point shooter at this point, at least proven uh, in competition. And uh, look, the Serbian League, you know, it's, there's the Darko effect there a little bit, right? It's not yeah. as good as the league in France and some of the others, uh, the competition. But this kid's kind of the real deal, hold and feel. and uh, he's somebody that I would look at. And, and he's on you know, point guard, right, Pat? Uh combo guard. Okay. I don't know if you would call him a true point. He's six foot six. Yeah, you know, and uh, it, 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 he reminds me a little bit. And I don't know, man. This may be the worst comparison of all because it, it, the video that I've seen of him is not exactly that definitive of, with the competition that he's facing. Sure, but uh, he you know there's kind of a Josh Giddey. Type of uh, feeling and vibe about it. Okay, you know somebody who is uh, you know recognized, but you know they kind of look at where he's played and what he's done, and wonder about the competition compared to the U.S. colleges. And uh, you know, like for example, the one thing about Sars, he did play in that uh, league that the the Thompson Twins played in. You know, yeah. So he's been over We're here in the league. United. Yeah. And uh, he's he's uh, so he's got that cachet there with him, in addition to playing in a better league in in Australia. So uh, it's kind of hard to, you know, to uh, compare some of these guys because how much competition have they had against Americans? So that's the thing with topic. Uh, But he is uh, somebody who will likely be at minimum. Uh, very useful and good NBA player. I don't see him at one overall, but again, you got to understand the way that lottery goes. We all understand it. It may be the fifth overall pick. so uh, that's why I went uh, you know seven or eight deep on this as guys to look for to give you an idea of uh, what to look for and to watch and follow uh, the rest of the year uh, when it comes down to this. Uh, yeah Alex R., uh plays in australia french kid uh that's one on my list ron holland uh plays in the g league yeah he's number two on my list and uh he's a you know a multidimensional point forward type very explosive score uh number three on my list i would probably put I don't like any of these other guys for three on my list, to be honest. With you. <laughs> Dude, it's such a weird you know, year for
3: the draft. You know, I mean,
2: out, Pat. Right. All these guys could be the same. Uh, you know, yeah. Cody Williams, they're different type players, but they, you know, it's hard to, for me to make some kind of assessment on them. Cody Williams, I like his game. I just don't look at it and go, wow. You know, like if you were, you know, watching, uh, you know, say Jalen Suggs from Gonzaga or something. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, some of these other guys that have been drafted kind of in the area that he may be uh, drafted uh, in recent years. Topic, it's it's kind of a a mystery, Uh, although, you know, it's kind of speaks for itself. Walter, I haven't I I watched the Auburn game. They played Auburn in their opener and he was really good. The other times that I've watched him, he wasn't that good, uh, to be honest with you. Or he didn't stick out. Holland, to me, sticks out. So that's why I put him uh, up there. He's got more upside. Uh, when I look at uh Reese Shea, I see a shooter, but I, I, that's all I see, all right, is a shooter. I mean, a really good shooter, but I don't see isn't somebody that, that... –
3: Isn't that what the Pistons need more than anything right now, though, is
2: just a pure shooter? Well, they got bogey, and they're still losing games. I <laughs> mean, very true. You know, and this guy—if he's he shoots like Bogey—you're going to be uh, doing backflips. Yeah. You know? So I don't—they—they they need the shooter like you're saying, but they need all-around game, and they need—you yeah. know—they need, you know, need all-around game, a lot of it, right? So, uh, and when you look at the Pistons, uh, you know how much do you think the number one overall pick is in in play here?
3: For the Pistons, I mean, they should be right in the running. I mean, no, the Spurs have. Great. Oh, well, I mean, that's an interesting question because I think the question is deeper than just what teams buy it. Question to me, and it has me wondering a lot do we trust Troy Weaver with making a move that big of some. Significance. I mean, that's a that's a team changing move for the future, for the better. You would think, and so I I just Troy Weaver seems to do so good on draft day, but those players haven't panned out to what the fans had hoped. So, could you trade it and get two future firsts and then a first that year with a team that's maybe from fifteen? What about for a player?
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.
1: On TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better In the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey i
3: i i would actually love it but that's where you got to hope that a guy really stands out during the season that teams would you know really be willing to move up for that would change their current situation as well
2: well i i i uh there's a couple things you're absolutely right you know uh Troy Weaver I, I, on draft day I've always loved his picks yeah. with the exception of Hayes you know but he added two players that are NBA players uh in that draft when they had no other picks in that uh, Hayes pick entering that night sure. uh, in uh Stewart and Bay. What I don't like about him is his trades. You know, th- that's what gets GMs in trouble. Uh, in, not so much in football, uh, but certainly in the M- uh, NBA, Major League Baseball, and the NHL, you have to be good at trading if you're a GM. That's what alavilla couldn't do.
3: Well, and then uh, you go or, and look. I mean, this team could have traded Bogey last year, and if you believe the reports, they could have gotten two first-round picks for him. So then, you know, they sit on that like – Pat, there should be no reason that at the end of this year that Bogdanovich and Burks are on this roster.
2: Do you agree with that? I absolutely. Like they
3: should be dealt. Okay.
2: So you know, I, I and uh, if, if somebody wants them, I don't know who's going to want Burks. I could see somebody wanting Bogey, and uh, just, the other, yeah. the other The other thing I would say to that point, uh, you know, they signed Beef Stew to a contract. Now, I liked it at the time, but he's been a disappointment. It's like he's got his money now. I mean, I'm sure he's not thinking that way, but that's the way it, it, you know, appears. Not at all, but
3: that moves even more questionable now because you read the reports again that now they're going to be looking for a power forward in the offseason. And I'm like, well, you just signed your guy when in reality, maybe Sadiq Bey was the piece that you kept and Beef Stew was the piece that you moved on from. It's all very questionable at the end of the day because, I mean – Anybody can poke holes through this team right now, winning two games. I mean, they've won one more game since the month of October than the Tigers have, and the Tigers played one game in October.
2: Right, exactly. And and I'll say this, uh, you know, I don't like the free agent class that much.
3: No, um, you it's know, nothing it's that by, jumps out at you. By,
2: you, know, you you had Tobias Harris for crying out loud. You know, so you keep your, you know, you you know, your arm telling still there. These kids, the player personnel guy. Which that's a bit odd right now, and and mm-hmm. Goris has got to understand that you need to do something. Now, one of the things you could do is get somebody in a trade that has a contract that's going to be up soon and sign them long-term and trade that uh, your, some of your draft capital to try to improve your team. Now, it would have to be somebody 26, 27, not 33, 34, or like Blake Griffin on the last uh, – Right. legs last leg. You know, I, mean, yeah. I mean think about it. Bruce Brown's one of the top free agents, Catavius Caldwell-Pope's one of the top free agents. What do you want? Maxie's probably the best uh, free agent out there. Do you think he's going to Yeah, come but, but Well, and that's the
3: question too because you're probably going to have to pay overpay for a free agent to come here. I would think, right? right? Um, you have a big lingering, huge rookie max extension that's on the table for Cade Cunningham next year, I believe. Right. So that's I mean, another question. Year of his deal. Yeah. Do you believe that Cade Cunningham is the man that's going to be the face of your franchise for the next 10 years? And I think that's a question that they have to look at themselves in the mirror long and hard. And at the same time, this offseason, you might explore even moving him if it helps your team down the line. I just, I have just a hard time believing that they can make moves this offseason that would make this team competitive. They took three steps back before they ever took one step forward. And it, it just boggles my mind how we got here.
2: I agree uh, a thousand percent with that. Uh, you know, I'm not big on like, hey, you know, fire. The, you know me. I don't see their fire yeah. GM or fire every coach. I don't even team. think that makes it better right now, Pat. That That's yeah, not well, going to help any better. You, you better get somebody who can figure out what they're doing. Yeah. And uh, he, he made a strategic mistake by acquiring expiring contracts rather than players that can help his team win. You cannot be at a point where you're this – you know you're, you're breaking league records for losses you no, know that's embarrassing to it's you know it's you yeah, know they keep going with this it'll be the all-time record for all professional sports and you know the four major sports and that that's within reach here i mean all of a sudden that raptors game is really really important and compelling uh and Goris doesn't seem to have any clue here what he spoke i, I don't i, I I'm, I'm puzzled by it. That, you know, there seems to be this lack of any kind of urgency about anything there. Like everybody's real comfortable with their situation and uh, they shouldn't be.
3: Yeah. And it's, it just seems like you said, a lack of like self-awareness. I think, I think the players are very aware of what's going on. I think Monty Williams is sitting there like, boy, I did not see this going this way. And it's like, I do a podcast with Stoney about the Pistons and we talked to Monty Williams before restore the, the floor. Yeah. That's right. And, and Stony mentioned to Monty Williams how his goal would be doubling the win total from last year, which was 34 games. And Monty looked at him dead in the eye and said, if you know, that's not going to do anything in the standings that might move us up one or two spots. That's not where we want to go. Never did I think that they would even struggle to hit, 17 wins and it's like this team was supposed to be better when they got all their pieces back. I mean, Cade Cunningham, hundred percent healthy, which he is. But I think I said this to you. He reminds me a lot of Jerry Stackhouse with the Pistons Stackhouse scores 40, but Pistons lose. That's the headline we're seeing over the last five games with the Pistons skate Cunningham scored 40 points twice, but at the end of the day, are they just empty points because they aren't leading to a win or even competitive down the stretch? You have a chance for a win. You look at this game, the one that they just played. They turned the ball over three times on their last three possessions. How is that possible? Like, don't even get a shot up. Do they even have a chance? And I think they have just so many holes that, in years past, like how I asked you earlier, do they need shooting? Do they need shooting? You are so correct that they need shooting, rebounding, defense, and defense might be the first thing that they need out of There's everyone. No idea.
2: There's no identity to that team either. And Cade Cunningham, I wouldn't trade him. I would try to sign him. But the question is, he may want his freedom.
3: And that's a, that's a big question. But he's a kid that really embraced the city when he was drafted here. Remember, he had his buffs and everything there. So, I mean, I still yeah, but, uh, I mean, mean, how, how, how
2: much is that going to play on oh, that? Because $140 million make you love Detroit. You know what I mean? Well, they're going have to have to be a, they're, they're gonna do deal. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah and he's good. I mean, there's no question. Uh, he got hurt. And, you know, those weren't long term type of injuries. But I don't know, Evan, I, I got to tell you, man, the, you know, Ivy looks like, uh, you know, he'd be great over at the Lifetime Fitness dunking on everybody. But well, that's you know, the thing. He's a runaway car with no brakes. And it's absolutely. Like- great way to describe it. There's a lot
3: of times where he goes to the rim and he's just throwing it up because he feels like that it's what he has to do. And and if you look at his game, it's very similar to what he did at Purdue. But guess what? At Purdue, he was the best athlete on the floor no matter what. You get to the league, that all changes.
2: There's a lot of guys like him. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and Beef Stew, uh, look, if somebody has been a defender of him, not right now uh, looking at it, all they got is the arcade and they got bogey. That's it. Well, I don't know what James – what's James Wiseman and Marvin Bagley?
3: You know you what know? they are? They're exactly what they were on their other teams. They're bench riders on a good team. For Sacramento, I mean, Bagley was the second overall pick. I mean, hell, what? What? Uh, Wiseman was the second overall pick. They gave and, up Sadiq Bay. But you had to look at it. If the Warriors, the Golden State Warriors, that have the perfect opportunity for pick and roll, pick and pop with the shooters they have, if they couldn't do anything with James Wiseman – you had to think that the Pistons weren't going to all of a sudden turn things around with this young man. And you know what? He's a 10 minute a night guy on a team that wins is what he, in my opinion.
2: Well, let's get Miles Bridges in here and Tobias Harris. And do you want that PR hit?
3: I mean, Miles Bridges isn't
2: exactly like, uh, yeah, he's not worth it. You know, he's not that good. You know, I mean, it's 15 tonight. He's not worth the headache. You know, I mean, oh, gosh, and you never know with him. You know that better than anybody. Exactly, exactly. You know, you, as invested emotionally, you've been in Michigan State basketball, especially <laughs> when he was there. Yeah. So, But anyway, uh, don't forget, uh, like us, uh, subscribe to us. Uh, we're uh, the Apple iTunes store, the Google Play store, uh, odyssey.com. Uh, I do this podcast with Evan uh, pretty much on a weekly basis, and it's always about drafts, prospects, and the future. And I love it because we can get into more uh, nuance than say I can often on my shows about all these various drafts and what teams are doing. Obviously, we'll be hitting the NFL draft pretty heavy coming up here uh, as the season ends. But, uh, yeah, until
0: next time, we'll see you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.